This is Pennsylvania Legacies, the podcast series from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. I'm Josh Rollerson. Acid mine drainage, AMD, it isn't the only factor affecting the health of Pennsylvania's streams and watersheds, but it is definitely among the costliest. The legacy of coal in, in Pennsylvania is our number one water quality issue. It results in 5,000 miles of streams being toxic, uh, not able to support fish life, macroinvertebrates, uh, or any kind of ecosystem function. So it's a huge problem in Pennsylvania and a multi-billion dollar fix. New federal legislation could deliver a major funding boost to mineland reclamation projects in the years ahead. And that has conservationists like John Dawes with the Foundation for Pennsylvania Watersheds feeling optimistic. We'll hear more from him about the Reclaim Act and what it will take to repair the damage from acid mine drainage just ahead. But first, let's take a look at some of the week's top environmental news stories from across the state. 100,000 Pittsburgh residents were under a flush and boil order this week after Department of Environmental Protection inspectors found insufficient levels of chlorine in drinking water from one of the city's main reservoirs. Though there was no sign of harmful microorganisms in the water, DEP found that conditions were favorable for the spread of Giardia, which causes dehydration and often severe gastrointestinal symptoms. The Pittsburgh Water and Sewer Authority said it was acting out of an abundance of caution in advising residents to run their taps for at least a minute and then boil the tap water for at least a minute before drinking it. The order prompted a day-long shutdown of 21 public schools before it was finally lifted on Thursday. It comes amid an ongoing funding shortfall at DEP, which the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency recently warned is understaffed and under-resourced to properly enforce safe drinking water standards across the state. Pennsylvania may soon join a nationwide initiative to help commercial property owners make energy efficiency upgrades. The Property Assessed Clean Energy Program, also known as PACE, uses a local property tax assessment to finance improvements to lighting, heating and cooling and plumbing systems. It can also be used to pay for things like solar panels and insulation. State Senator John Blake is the Democratic co-sponsor of a bipartisan bill introduced this week that would establish a PACE program for Pennsylvania. This doesn't cost the taxpayers a dime, but it has enormous business impact, enormous economic development impact and enormous environmental um, uh, enhancement impact. 33 states and the District of Columbia have already adopted PACE programs. The proposal has broad support from business, labor, and environmental groups, including the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. By the way, you can always find our position on active legislation, along with much more information on what's moving in Harrisburg on the PEC Bill Tracker. You'll find that at PECPA.org. Projections from the state's independent fiscal office could spell trouble for communities that rely on revenue from impact fees collected under Act 13, Pennsylvania's shale gas drilling law. In a report out this week, IFO says uh, impact fees collected in 2016 are expected to come in at $174.6 million. That would be $13 million less than the previous year and the lowest annual total since impact fees were first collected in 2012. Low natural gas prices have contributed to a production slowdown across the Marcellus Shale over the last two years. The report says because gas wells generate the most impact fee revenue in their first year of operation, fewer new wells means there's not enough money coming in to offset lower collections from the older wells. It also notes a number of wells have fallen below the 90,000 cubic feet production threshold that makes them exempt from impact fee collections. And in case you missed it, Pennsylvania's best-known climate scientist delivered his annual forecast this week in Punxsutawney. My faithful followers, I clearly see a perfect 
clear shadow of me. Six more weeks of winter it shall be. Punk's Tony Phil has a mixed record for accuracy, somewhat lower than the predictive power of flipping a coin by some estimates. In the 130 years he's been predicting the onset of spring, the groundhog's seen his shadow all but 18 times. It's worth noting, however, one of those predicted early springs was last year. And as it turned out, 2016 was the warmest year on record, both for Pennsylvania and for the rest of the world. This is one time where television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. post new episodes of Pennsylvania Legacies every Friday. Today is Friday, February 3rd, 2017. Today's episode marks the one-year anniversary of the introduction in Congress of the Reclaim Act. The measure was supposed to speed up the release of money from the federal abandoned mine reclamation fund to pay for cleanup of acid mine drainage, AMD, across Appalachia and other regions with a history of coal mining. Well, despite bipartisan support, the bill never came up for a vote in 2016. But this year, its supporters have another chance. Reclaim is expected to be reintroduced next week. And this time around, there's reason to think it will move forward. Foundation of Pennsylvania Watersheds is one of many groups in coal states that are hoping it will. I spoke recently with Executive Director John Dawes to learn more about the fund and about the history of mine reclamation efforts in Pennsylvania. John, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. I want to start with the Abandoned Mine Reclamation Fund itself. Where did this money come from, and how is it being used? Um, You know, these are not taxpayer dollars. These were paid for by the coal industry at 30-some cents per ton coal mining nationally. It began in 1977 when the Surface Mine Control Reclamation Act passed in the Carter administration, and that was to provide a small fee, which went into the Abandoned Mine Lands Fund Office of Surface Mining Reclamation Enforcement in the Department of Interior. And since that time, money has been distributed to states with this legacy of coal uh, each year. Now, up until 2006, uh, it had to go through the Appropriations Committee, and the distribution was subject to the uh, desire of those legislators that sat on the Appropriations Committee. Congressman Murtha, you know, used to uh, be in charge of that committee and brought money back to Pennsylvania. But it was always a matter of citizens and communities asking for, you know, uh, uh, $22 million instead of $21 million for a multi-billion dollar problem. So in 2006, working with the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, we achieved a reauthorization of the fund with the wonderful provision of mandatory spending. So now each year, those uncertified states, which Pennsylvania has the biggest problem, um, money is distributed from that fund. Uh, I believe we received $59 million last year We'll be getting somewhat less than that in 2017. But that mandatory funding is is very valuable, as is the potential for reclaim, as was the general funds money uh, that came through the omnibus bill um, of $30 million. 
All right, so let's let's talk about the potential for reclaim then. Tell us what the Reclaim Act is and why it's so important. Well, Reclaim is actually a bill that was introduced by Hal Rogers of Kentucky and Matt Cartwright of Pennsylvania, February 3rd, 2016. It is analogous to the pilot program that the that came out of the White House uh, called Power Plus, and it has a name now, Reclaim, H.R. 4456. Um, it was introduced, as I said, February 3rd, a bipartisan introduction, calling to, for to spend $200 million per year for five years for abandoned mine land reclamation. It has a jobs component, but in my mind, reclamation equals jobs. It's just, you know, intuitive. Can we get a scope of, of how serious the problem is with AMD and abandoned mine well, issues, Bradley? The legacy of coal in, in Pennsylvania is our number one water quality issue. It um, results in 5,000 miles of streams being toxic, uh, not able to support fish life, macroinvertebrates, uh, or any kind of ecosystem function. So it's a huge problem in Pennsylvania and a multi-billion dollar fix. Multi-billion, how many billions are we talking about here? Uh, It's estimated that in Pennsylvania, the cost of full cleanup of the legacy of coal, abandoned mine land reforestation, acid mine drainage abatement is around $4 billion. If one wants to break it down by county, and I'll use Clearfield County as an example, there are currently 3,374 unreclaimed features covering almost 24,000 acres. Uh, If you use the figure of $8,000 for reclamation per acre, the cost in one county alone is $189,720,000. And there are analogous counties, you know, throughout the state, but probably... That is is the heaviest lift, and uh, and the reason why we we've secured a commitment from Congressman Thompson, uh, who is from there, to be an original co-sponsor. So the idea of reclaim delivering most likely 50 million plus to Pennsylvania specifically for this issue, in addition to the mandatory spending that comes to us uh, from the reauthorization of the Abandoned Mine Lands Fund is some something to work toward. So what kinds of projects would this, would this money fund then? Well, our foundation provides match money um, for site-specific restoration uh, for municipalities, for watershed associations, and environmental groups across the 46 counties that are impacted by AMD, acid mine drainage. Uh, in terms of uh, the reforestation of abandoned mine lands, one also has to remember that scarred, toxic land produces acid mine drainage with every rain. You mentioned some of the uh, economic possibilities if this were to go forward. What kinds of jobs would be created? What would you expect the economic impact to be? Well, the jobs issue, you know, make, makes perfect sense in terms of reclamation. It, it's um, Uh, Heavy machine hire, uh, trucks uh, taking spoil piles to uh, deposit in deep mines. It's the residual jobs in terms of 
of lunches and support system services that happen in those historically coalfield communities. So it's a multiplicity of jobs that, that come from, from this work. And jobs are a part of the legislation. And I would imagine a lot of these jobs would be going to people that have been displaced by what's happened with the coal industry. Yeah, well, my best example of it is we have a foundation commitment to restoring the Little Connemaw. And there are seven discharges uh, along that um, tributary to the Connemaw River. Um, St. Michael's Discharge, Sulphur Creek, Trout Run, Ehrenfeld, Sonman, Hughes Borehole, and Beaverdale. And together, they, they contribute 98% of the acid mine drainage into that waterway. We have dealt with St. Michael, number one, working with industry, getting a treatment system online. This past summer, we were um, tasked by the White House to come up with a site that would be a demonstration site for the use of these reclaimed dollars. And so we chose Ehrenfeld, which is a more than 100-acre spoil pile that cast a shadow over the town of Ehrenfeld, resulting in you know lower property values, uh, air pollution every time there's wind, acid mine drainage into the adjoining stream. So in the spring of last year, the cleanup of Ehrenfeld was awarded to Rosebud Mining, and they got the contract and brought 40 out-of-work miners, coal miners, back to work doing reclamation. And so when you spend a lot of money on a project like this, you also get kind of like a, like a force multiplier effect that kicks in, right? I mean, it's, it's not just those dollars from the abandoned mine reclamation fund that gets sort of pumped into the local economy, right? Yeah. Since um, we have ramped up reclamation since 2006 when the mandatory spending uh, came through, uh, it's been estimated that $1.5 in private funds or in-kind services are added to those dollars which are spent. So for each million that is applied to on-the-ground projects, $1.5 million comes from either local government or philanthropy or um, donations of time and machine hire. So help me understand the political dimension of all this. What are, what are the pros and cons? What are the questions that lawmakers have to weigh in deciding whether to support the bill? Well, there really isn't any downside to this opportunity. The really attractive part of this legislation is that it's not taxpayer dollars. The Abandoned Mine Lands Fund uh, has $2.5 billion in it right now, and it was paid for by the coal industry at 32 cents a ton nationally and has accumulated to that amount. Uh, the idea of reclaim is to get this money spent earlier for the reason that the um, application of it will cost less than in what they would cost in 2022 should we uh, ascribe to the normal distribution, which is statutory, out of the abandoned mine lands fund. This would be everything up front. You would sort of get a lump sum almost. Uh, this is that, instead of being right. paid out gradually. For, yeah, no. It would be each of five years, mm-hmm. uh, $200 million would be distributed to the, the states that are uh, dealing with this horrible pollution problem. Right 
Now, the, the current legislation in uh, Reclaim calls for a change in the distribution of those funds, but the environmental community in Pennsylvania has really made some wonderful changes in terms of use of the funds around adjoining lands and certain provisions that meet the needs of Pennsylvania. I'd, I'd like to say that Pennsylvania has a wonderful distribution system through the Department of Environmental Protection's section called the Bureau of Abandoned Mine Reclamation, BAMR. They are award-winning in terms of their use of these funds, the reclamation projects. Uh, they've won awards at national conferences and conferences around the world. And this is an issue that speaks to a lot of different constituencies. It's not just the environmental community, it's labor, it's industry, it's political leaders. Uh, absolutely. This is, you know, an example of how our legislators can really bring home uh, the money. Um, and it, it does pertain to more than just environmental concerns. Uh, the jobs around clean water are, you know, fisheries, um, having potable water for uh, livestock operations, potable water for wildlife, for irrigation in an ag agriculture sense. Um, and then there are the obvious applications of it for boating, fishing, swimming, and then for the aesthetics of a community. So what's your message to the Pennsylvania delegation to Congress? Well, it, the goal is to get this passed with a good formula that supports Pennsylvania's needs. And so we call upon our uh, congressmen, both Republican and Democratic, to get on board and, and help get this funding uh, for the state of Pennsylvania uh, to clean up our number one pollution problem. Well, John, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. That's John Dawes, executive director of the Foundation for Pennsylvania Watersheds. He's being honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award this spring at the 2017 Western Pennsylvania Environmental Awards. There is still time, by the way, to nominate a deserving individual, group, business, or project for this year's awards. You can find out how and get information on the May 24th Awards Dinner at our website. There, you'll also find more podcast episodes as well as updates on Peck's program work across the state. It's all at peckpa.org. We're also on Facebook. Look for us there and follow us on Twitter at PECPA. And if you're so inclined, we'd appreciate it if you'd just take a moment to leave a rating and maybe a review for Pennsylvania Legacies on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast. I'm Josh Rollerson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.